I am honoured to be creating on the ancestral lands of the Darug people. I acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the lands you and I are on today. And I pay respect to the elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome back to Yarning with Danny. Today I want to talk to you about my experience with my career in business for the last seven years. So basically uh, in 2015 I started my very first business called Nomadic Bell, which is still my current business. It was a business that kind of just came out of nowhere except kind of did it. <laughs> Glamping was random, but I was already writing business plans and coming up with different ideas um, for businesses because I was kind of fixated on starting a business at this point, um, which was about 2012. Um, and I like, I just remember being a mum uh, and wanting to just find something that's more flexible than having to cart myself at 6 a.m. Um, and my son um, to care, daycare and then to go from daycare to the station and then travel all the way into the city, um, which, you know, from where I am is a good a good hour to an hour and a half. Um, and then to do that, obviously, on the way back. So on top of the hours of work per day. So it was quite a lot. Um, and I was just feeling like that was a little too much with a little boy in tow. So I got to a point where I sort of just really thought like, I don't love what I'm doing. How do I do that? Like, how do I find what I love? Um, and it wasn't really about finding something that was the perfect fit to be something that I loved per se, but like I was really energized by the idea of business. Um, and mind you, uh, the 12 months prior to that, I had studied um, business um, diploma. So I was, you know, actively trying to to educate myself to be able to move in the direction of having a business. And sort of the missing key at this point was what business? So initially I had the idea and wrote up the business plan of an idea that I had, one that sort of really made sense to me at the time. Um I drew up the shop front, I had the product designs and I thought this one was it. Like I was like, yeah, this is totally it because it really fueled me and it really energized me. Uh, and my first real big idea was basically a cold press business. I just wanted cold pressed juice. Um, I could see it, I could feel it. And I was very passionate about smoothies and juices at the time because I was in like a bit of a stage of my life where I was basically having a real good health kick which, um, yeah, I was using a lot of options of things like smoothies and juices at the time. Um, and during that sort of journey of health, cold-pressed juices to me just felt like a really amazing idea. And I also was aware that juices were just coming up as something that people would really want in the market um, because that's what I wanted. And, yeah, I just sort of had, yeah, I was just sort of doing my research more so based on, like, what was out there and what wasn't. Anyways, fast forward some time, this idea fizzled out because there was already a few cold press 
juice businesses popping up and I had this weird thing about doing what other people were doing already. Like I just thought, I don't want to be doing what other people do um, and simply didn't want to invest my time and energy into something that I would have to compete with people to make grow. Um, and this is clearly not the truth, by the way. But I guess that, But I guess the idea of having my own unique idea was simply about being authentic to myself but it just wasn't it just isn't the truth um in how business is to be incredibly honest with you there's so much space for people to start businesses there's so much abundance literally out there for people to start whatever they want as long as obviously you're looking at all the variables um really quite frankly to me if it feels aligned for you it's a very likely um, option to be successful. You just need to be able to stick in with it. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> uh, anyway, that idea sort of fizzled, uh, and clearly I wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't there. I wasn't where I needed to be, or it simply just wasn't the idea that was going to go forth. Um, anyway, so fast forward about two and a half years. And I remember I was on this journey of finding the right idea for a couple of years. Patiently. I remember sort of like, I would get excited, tell my partner about um, an idea that I had, and then he'd be like, yeah, cool, like, amazing, let's do it. Um, you do what you want to do, I support you. But I think after a period of, you know, about a year, I think, um, I just kept coming up with all of these random ideas. He got a bit sick of me, to be honest. I really was just talking about it, you know. Um, I really was just saying all of these ideas and not backing them or doing anything about them. So I just remember being on this uh, journey of finding the right idea for a couple of years patiently. Um, and it just, yeah, it just, it just wasn't um, happening. So anyway, one day he was just like, look, <laughs> you've been going on about this for a while. How about you just go ahead and do whatever and then let me know when you get to it. I'll just see, I'll believe it when I see it, basically. And this was actually the kick that I needed. I remember thinking, and I can I can kind of visceral, viscerally still feel it in my body. Like it was all, literally felt like a fucking kick up the ass. Like, and I thought to myself, I am going to fucking prove it to you. <laughs> That's what I thought. And I just remember thinking, this is it. Like I, I cannot... I cannot go down with with just ideas. I can't do that. Um, I just didn't want to. But anyway, it was a good little kick up the ass. Anyway, along the journey, some more I was, I came across, uh, so we were camping quite a bit. Um, well, we, we wanted to, but it was a little bit difficult because we had um, two children. And I just really wanted something that was family friendly and suitable because, you know, she was a little baby and whatnot. So I went on the, the hunt to find a tent that was suitable for all of us now that we had been growing a little bit more with a little one on the way as well. Oh, sorry, a little one in tow as well. On with that, I went and I did some research on some tents and I actually don't remember how I came across this, but I remember I came across a bell tent uh, to buy. And I, I mean, I, I probably just Googled tents. I don't know, but I just remember I came across it and I thought, what is this thing? Like, what is this amazing circus looking tent? I just bought it because I was like, yeah, this looks like a pretty cool tent. I'm going to get it. 
and it was purely based on needs. I ended up down this big, big rabbit hole of camping and then glamping to which I realized that Australia hadn't yet touched glamping as a business and not one I don't think that was that big yet. And so I was like, well, great, because my big one of the big things that I had was I just didn't want to be doing, I just don't want to be fighting too hard with competition, you know. And like I said, that's not the truth, to be fair. Um, but at the time, that's what was driving me predominantly. And so when I realized there wasn't a lot of people out there doing it, like literally there wasn't. But then when I looked overseas, there was so many businesses running these types of services. And I was like, okay, amazing. That's great. I remember sort of um, thinking like, how could this work? Like, what is this kind of business? And anyway, I just was researching the shit out of it. But then I thought, this looks like a pretty freaking good business. And I was really drawn to it more intuitively than anything like I didn't really think too hard about it I didn't crunch any numbers I didn't go into anything I didn't even design it I just was like oh that's really cool so when the tent came and during the period of like waiting for it to be delivered I had a dream where I could see that it was set up and it had a bed in there and this beautiful linen so when I got it I was like I need to set this up because I was like okay I think I really want to do this as a business, but I need to see what this looks like. So I remember taking it down to the local park, pulling it out, setting it up, pumping up an airbed, putting on linen, bringing in some side tables that I'd bought and just looked at it and I was like, this is it. This is definitely it, you know? And I loved it. Like I was literally so excited by it. Sort of went back to the drawing board and I was like, all right, I'm going to start planning and dreaming and envisioning what this new business looked like and how I could create a business that suited my personality and my situation as much of as like this really cool tent, you know? So my biggest driver was that I had been nagging friends and family to come camping with me. Nobody would come because I remember when I discovered camping and mind you, I didn't really do camping as a kid because my parents didn't love it. So it's not something that I got to do, but my grandfather traveled all around Australia, I think multiple times. And I just remember thinking, like, I want to do that. Like, I really want to travel. I really want to get in the outback. I really want to experience what this country has to offer. I don't know. I just remember feeling super drawn to it. So then when I had the opportunity to go camping as an adult, like, I never went camping before. I think I was, like, 20 when I went camping for the first time. Maybe younger, but about that age. Mind you, I didn't come across this idea to 2015. So this is probably, like, five years later. Remember when I first went camping, like thinking, this is actually amazing. <laughs> I just remember feeling so at home, so happy and joyful. Like it just was awesome. I loved it. So I thought, of course, glamping would work for me. You know, it just made sense. Everything just made sense. Everything just felt like he had just come together perfectly. Anyway, so because my friends weren't coming... Um, and my family wouldn't come camping because their main issue was they didn't have the gear. They didn't have the tents and the beds and all of that. And, you know, I'd be like, come, just come. It's so cool. Like, I love it. Let's do it together. I want you to experience this with me. There's so many places that we'd visited that by that stage. And I was just like, come on, please, like, just travel with me. And really, essentially, like, everybody's biggest barrier was gear. And they just couldn't be bothered to go and buy all the gear for one trip if they didn't really like it later. Um, I think maybe one time our friends came with us um, 
when we just had like a standard Coleman tent. But yeah, everybody else was like, yeah, no, I'm not just not going to buy the gear for it. Just it sounds a little bit like it's too much. But I knew that when they would get there, that they would feel amazing. So like I knew that the feeling that I got when I was camping, that they could experience that too. But they didn't know what that felt like yet. Buying a bell tent and creating a glamping business to me felt like the most aligned way to bring those two things together. You know, bring bring my family and friends with me to experience what I believe to be, you know, such a beautiful experience to travel and be outdoors and sleep under the stars and all of that. Bringing those two things together and I was like, okay, this is this is literally perfect. I can't believe that I've like come across this. I'm going to get on planning. I'm going to literally start drawing this up. I'm going to start mapping this out much like I had mapped out a business prior to that with the juice business and just really I'd done it a couple of times. So, you know, I was almost seasoned at this stage of trying to figure out how to create a business plan for a business idea. I just remember asking lots of questions from people who had been there before, which really, to be honest, was only really one, maybe two people. My really good friend, Chris, gave me so much knowledge and guidance on how to move forward. And I just remember, (laughs) I remember him saying to me, just build a website, just get a logo, just do this, just do that. And I was just like, righto, like actually, please tell me how to do that. I actually am completely lost. How to get, how do I get a logo? Excuse me. How do I build a website? And so he gave me a very quick rundowns of things. Actually, he was the first person to create, create my first logo. I should try and find it, but it was pretty good considering it was just a quick little whip up that he had done. I thought, like, what's he talking about? And he showed me how to do a website and yeah, it was just super interesting to watch. But then it was, it's funny because if somebody shows you how to do something or gives you advice on something, that's one thing. The whole other part of it is actually doing it, which is actually so much harder. Anyway, and Chris told me, you know, where to build a website, like what websites to use Uh, what website builders to use. And honestly, I did just get, I just went home and I just got on building it. And I was actually really excited. And I remember the first, actually the first thing that I did was get an ABN because I don't know why, but that just made me feel like I was a business bitch. (laughs) Like I was like, I'm in business. (laughs) So it's such a, like, it feels so funny now to say it out loud, but it's true. Like there needs to be something that maps the first step that really creates that business and you know you could create a website and all that but really you'd have to get an ABN even to you to build a website so the first step really is to sign up to get an ABN and I just remember when I actually got confirmation of it I was just like oh my god I am a business owner (laughs) but the funny thing is is I actually wasn't yet all I had was an ABN (laughs) but it was brilliant you know that's kind of like Silly, but it was super fun, to be honest. Um, I really loved this stage of business, the business creation, the startup. Oh, I still do love it. It, it really does fire me up. It's something that feels really great. It's hard because uh, it's also something that takes time. So there's a lot of patience that's required. But I just, yeah, I, I live in the creation stage. It's something I really thoroughly enjoy. Um Anyway, got on with it, built the business, built the website, you know, started working on some marketing, social media pages and all of that, talking about it with people. And anyway, as it grew, 
And it grew really fast. Um, I remember actually, I think I did like a big marketing campaign that just took off. Like we'd made like 200 sales in a short period of time. That was a little bit after the, actually that was the second marketing campaign. The first marketing campaign that I did created 25 sales. And to be quite honest with you, 25 sales is really good for your first marketing campaign. And actually I was literally jumping around my house being like, yeah, that's amazing it still would be amazing you know it still doesn't take away just because it's like my first business and it was early stage it still doesn't take away like 25 sales now is still amazing I'm always so grateful for every sale that I make because yeah like somebody believes in my stuff and it always feels really good because that's exactly why I'm still seven years later still in business it grew really fast so I was still working my part-time job going into the city a couple times a week um, but that really quickly had to, um, it really quickly just sort of took over uh, the business. But to be quite honest with you, when when it did start to take over because the business was requiring so much more of me and also obviously I loved it um, than my actual part-time job required of me, I just remember feeling quite anxious because I might have been at my actual job and I was getting calls or emails from people wanting to book with me and I just wanted to answer them, you know, on the spot because I cared so much about my business. I didn't give a shit about my job. I hated my job. I just did it because it was something that I'd been doing for a while. Yeah, I didn't necessarily love it. So the anxiety sort of crept in because I was trying to essentially perform with my business and I was also trying to keep up with my commitment in my job. Um, and I didn't want to do both those things because my business was making me thoroughly happy and my job was making me thoroughly unhappy. And I, I spent a lot of time people-pleasing actually in that period of business, actually really for quite a long time. But at this stage, I was quite a lot and it kind of fucked me up because I was people-pleasing everyone and completely bypassing myself. And this just led to disappointing friends, family, customers, my, my, my job, because ultimately I could not do all of it, you know, even if my ego had led me to believe that I could. And I was stressed through my eyeballs whilst simultaneously overwhelmed with gratitude. And I got to do what I love so much. So I was like in this weird place of being like, how is this happening? You know, like I just was... I was confused but also overwhelmed because I just wanted to do all the things but I just didn't have all the hours in the day. And mind you, I started this business with a three-month-old baby and a four-year-old, not even four-year-old son. So I was literally still breastfeeding and I was running a new business and it was just growing so quickly. And once I started um, going back to my job and whatever, that was that made it a little even more harder. Along this journey of running business, especially in this startup stage, I met some incredible people. I worked in some amazing places all over New South Wales, scenic private properties, cotton farms. I got to do, um, you know, coastal areas. I worked through the rain. I trekked through floodwaters. Um, I got to work with some incredible people, mind you, some incredible staff who I now call my friends, one of them being Jara, who was a guest on this podcast a couple of podcasts ago. And I got to do some amazing things whilst 
completely overwhelmed in every area of my life. Uh, I had lots of tears, panic attacks, sleepless nights. I was currently like just going to a doctor to figure out, you know, why I was so stressed because I was also so happy about this business. So it was, it was pretty confusing. I wasn't unhappy. I was having panic attacks whilst like just feeling this feeling like I was absolutely thriving as well. So it was really weird. That was kind of when I started doing yoga um, because my friend Anika had said, just come and give it a go, just try, Um, which is where my yoga journey sort of began and my realization that there was other ways to deal with the stress. It didn't have to be, you know, having a drink on the weekend to basically escape my reality with my friends and whatever. But I did get to meet some amazing people. Like literally I got to work for celebrities. Um, I created amazing relationships and friends in the industry, both industries that I was working with in. But at this point, no amount of money, people or places could change the way my soul was beginning to die from constantly trying to make others happy. Because with all of that said, like I absolutely, it absolutely changed my life running and starting a business. But it was also very stressful. I'm not the only person that has experienced this. This is very common in business. Um, so, you know, it doesn't matter how long you're in business. It could be one year, two years, 10 years, you know, it's just hard. Running a small business is very, very hard on the body and the mind because we live in a hustle mentality where it's like the more you do, the, the more you're rewarded. But truth is, that's not the truth. I worked really hard um, and it wasn't always the case. And sometimes I worked harder than I was receiving um, or at the very least I was charging for. Yeah, and I just got really unhappy. I just remember feeling really unhappy, really just a bit over it. I just was like, this doesn't feel correct anymore. I was just, I was doing 16 hour days. I was traveling thousands of kilometers. All mind you, I absolutely know I set myself up for that because I was running this business. These were the jobs I was accepting. These were the jobs that I was choosing. But I just never said no really to a job either. So that was also part of it. You know, I was just constantly working and kind of miserable for a while. And it was, yeah, it took a toll on me. And at the same time, it was taking a toll on my relationships because I wasn't the best version of myself. Um, I remember at one stage I was like, I'm just so busy. Every time somebody said, how are you? I was like, just busy, just so busy, 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 busy how annoying it is to hear somebody constantly say that. And I know that because uh, it was reflected back to me in a conversation with one of my really close friends, Jess, and she was just like, Danny, just to let you know, like everybody's busy. And I just remember it was like the mirror held up in my face. Like I needed to see and hear that because it's so true. Like we sometimes like we get on a bit like a record breaking, like constantly saying the same thing, just sort of like unconscious comments and conversations where we're not really engaged in them. We're not intently in them. We're just saying the shit that comes out of our mouth. I've absolutely changed my life in the last few years. So the pandemic was the best thing. And I truly mean that the best thing that ever happened to me. I know that it's unfortunate and it's, got some really awful ends to it. And I've experienced the awful ends a hundred percent, 
but that that um, pivotal change in how we operated because of the fact that we were hit by a pandemic, we could no longer do events. We couldn't have, you know, 80 people in one place at one time. You know, I was setting up 20 to 40 tents a week. Um, you couldn't have that many people in one place at one time by the time this lockdown had occurred. Um, so I had no choice but to stop, right? I was absolutely forced to stop what I was doing and do nothing for as long as the pandemic lockdown had been in place. I didn't stop. I didn't just lay down. What I had already experienced prior to that, which was the fires had already started to show big losses in my business. So the fires in 2019 impacted my business by 80%. I had lost 80% revenue because of the fires in that year because the fires had actually started in the August of 2019 and they were still raging in the March. So it was pretty full on. There was a lot of time to... I think it was March, maybe it was more like January, if I'm honest with you. But I do remember it was still in 2020 and then we were hit by lockdown. So it was just like hit after hit. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is is that the pandemic was something that I personally needed on an energetic and so basically an emotional, physical level. My body was, it needed to stop. It really needed to take a break. I mentally needed to take a break. I was literally... I was really broken by this stage. Um, The pandemic just started to feel like it just pulled the rug that I'd been standing on out from underneath me. And I just had no choice but to lay down, fuck, deal with it, right? And I know a lot of industries weren't really hit by the fires quite as much as, you know, events and outdoor type businesses because... They could still get on with it and uh, weren't as affected as the rest of us. But the pandemic definitely affected every single person, right? So there was a massive shock to everybody's system by the time the lockdown had hit. So, But by this stage, I had already lost so much that I was like, righto, I've already been hit hard. So the pandemic really just allowed me time to stop and reflect and figure out what I wanted and figure out whether the trajectory change was possible. But I also realized it was an opportunity because I'd been dreaming about doing other things for a while. I just didn't have the space or the time. And so what I did actually is that extra time I ended up having in my lap, besides the fact that I was homeschooling, I just wrote down on a big poster board I didn't go putting pictures on there. It wasn't really a vision board per se, but it was just me to get my my thoughts and ideas out of my brain onto a big piece of paper that I could see and map out and mind map and see what it looked like. Um, And I just thought, oh, this feels so good. And I didn't have a perfectly, you know, structured manifesting plan or anything like that. At this stage, I actually didn't really even believe in manifesting, to be quite honest with you. Um, I obviously know what manifesting is regardless of spiritual or not, like the actual meaning, I understand it, but I just intuitively knew what I needed to do, which was the same as when I started Nomadic Bell. I just wrote everything down. I dreamed about it. I visioned it. Like I just did all the process. 
But the next possible part to this was I needed to action this new plan that I'd written all over this poster, like who, what, how, all of this, it had to go into action. And it sounds easy when I say it like this, but it really isn't easy. Action is the hardest part and most people don't make it that far. I know that because I also was that person who had just written down pictures and images and, uh, you know, come up with these plans and actually didn't go forth with them. So I know, but I was also just like every other person dealing with my own setbacks at that point, my own life situation, my family, uh, being hit by a pandemic actually caused a lot of self-doubt and failure and fear feelings, which at this point I hadn't really experienced before because I had always known what I could do to make money in the business and I always knew that I could just push forward. Don't get me wrong. There were periods where things would go quiet because we experienced things like winter. Um, You know, not as many people go glamping in winter, which is fair enough. So we would have sort of like peak and off peak periods. But like the losing cash flow uh, and in the revenue, like we did through the fires and the pandemic, that really put in some weird uh, thoughts to me. I really, truly started to think like, I was the reason that the business had failed. I fucked it up. Like it wasn't going to work. It didn't work because of me, blah, 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 blah. Right. All of these stories, even with that said, all of these fears, all of this self doubt, and it was riddled. I was, I was pretty rattled by it all and it didn't stick around for a while. I would say only really subsided a year ago. Um, but I've been hacking away and I'm now in my late stages of producing content for my upcoming course. I can't wait to share with you all, but also I wrote that down on that board. I wrote down what I wanted to do. It wasn't necessarily a course. It didn't, I didn't write down course, but what I wrote down is coming true and not in the sense that like I wished for it and now it's happening. I mean, because I wrote it down and then I did the action steps after and have been working at the action steps for a what is that? Two years. It's been two years now. We're in 2022. All of those things have now come to fruition. I've actually worked at all of them. All of them have essentially come true. And when I say come true, like I said, it's just because I actioned these things and they've come to fruition. They've come to my reality because I actually went from idea to action to real life business. Um, which I've done before, so it's not new news. But sometimes you think, was it just a fluke that Nomadic Bell was successful? Maybe this next one won't be. And there are, you still go through all the stages. If not, you go through it worse because you might have been, like in my case, hit by things like fires and things I couldn't control. So I started to think that it was my fault. But ultimately, I kept hacking away at it and it made a difference. Um, I went from being absolutely riddled with anxiety and depression to feeling like now, like I feel really good every single day. I, I honestly, I would have panic attacks nearly weekly basis because I don't like, I'm not kidding, actual panic attacks. I don't, I'm not just saying like I was overwhelmed. I had real life panic attacks very regularly, too regularly. It was super traumatic, uh, But it is what it is and I had to experience all the things I experienced so I could be where I am today. I now know how to notice these things and when I don't feel good. 
when to say no, when to, you know, choose the job that works for me or continue or say yes to the right things that feel right for me, how to bring myself back into my own center, how to catch my own triggers, how to see my own projections, how to place boundaries and to notice when things aren't right and then to figure out what I need to do to change it. And I'm not perfect, but I know better. So I choose to be better. I just want you to know if you're in a place where things don't feel right or you aren't loving your job or your business or your relationships or your health, you actually can change that. And my friend Annika always reminds me of this. And I always remember her words that change is the only constant we have. And so if you're unhappy somewhere in your life, you can change it. I'm living proof of that. I was in a business that was thriving, affected, yes, but it had been a thriving business prior to these environmental issues. It was amazing. It was killing it. And then at the five-year mark, I get hit by a pandemic and I'm forced to figure out how to move from there. Because the thing about business is you, can't, you are not guaranteed to continuously be successful. You have to continuously show up. I don't really want to make this about business because it's not necessarily about business. This is just my journey with business and what occurs in the journeys of business and life and your jobs and family and all the aspects of our lives that create new versions of us that we constantly change and evolve with. We don't want to get stuck in the stories, you know, we don't want to get stuck in the I can't do that or I don't have access to this or I don't have money to start up a business or I don't want to change my job because it pays the mortgage right now or, you know, I don't want to do this because it's going to bugger up this. I don't want to move towns because I've got all this stuff here. It's really not about that. It's really just about assessing where you're at and what works and being a little bit bold sometimes, safely bold. But bold sometimes, taking a bit of a risk. But to be bloody clear with you right now, doing that hard work of making changes in your life is not easy. It doesn't get handed to you. You have to keep working at it. You have to keep figuring out what works, what doesn't work, and reassessing and facing parts of yourself that are uncomfortable. It's so funny because for a lot of people, they I know a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to do the changes because it is uncomfortable and makes zero sense to them to why would they want to feel uncomfortable when right now this is working but is it working if you're unhappy if you're projecting on others if you're miserable if you know you're confused and not even you know how you feel you know or you're dealing with depression or anxiety um you know like maybe you have got bodily ailments maybe you've got like I have in the past I've experienced injuries that end up turning into chronic pain and really changes constantly it really is the only constant we have but we have to constantly face ourselves in in these changes that we choose if we truly want change in our life we have to face it and we have to be uncomfortable to change it Because our body only knows what we've done before. And in order to actually make a difference in our life, we have to push through uncomfortable limits. It will be uncomfortable. But I guess my point to end here is if it ain't working, it ain't working. And you get to change it. 
You have the opportunity to make a difference in your own life because no one's going to do it for you. With full compassion, I respect and understand life's difficulties. But I just want you to know that I believe in you. I know that you can do it. You just have to trust that you're in the right place at the right time when you're there. Listen to your gut. Everything else will follow. And trust, 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 trust that everything is working out just as it should. (sighs) Talk to you on the other side.